Marvell is a fabulous semiconductor company. That means we design the chips, but um, somebody else manufactures them. Our chips are in products from all the major consumer brands um, out there today. You probably own a, a bunch of them. Um, about four years ago, uh, my team, Kenoma, uh, spun into Marvell. Um, and we were very different. The, the company sells about a billion chips a year. Um, it has about 6,000, 7,000 employees worldwide. Um, but they really never had any people focused on software at the application level. And so they invited us to join them here to really focus on that part of the problem, how to bring great applications and great technology for building applications into Marvell so that they could deploy that across all of their different chips. When we arrived here at Marvell, we were really completely focused on, on the software side. And, and as we spent some time here, we started to explore and build uh, prototypes of different consumer electronics products, really taking advantage of the hardware knowledge that's here at Marvell. Um, in doing that, we, we started to, to repeat these software patterns over and over again in terms of the, the things we needed to build embedded devices, because uh, previously we'd really been focused more on mobile products. Um, and that evolved into the software that we have today called Kenoma JS, which is, is really a powerful way of building the applications that you need for your embedded devices. Um, and by building on the JavaScript language uh, for embedded devices, we've really empowered developers to work a lot faster and a lot more efficiently. Um, we realized, though, that those tools to really have an impact on the industry had to be more broadly available. You know, that, that the Internet of Things is so much about the connections between the devices um, as much as it is the individual devices themselves. Um, and so we wanted, we, we thought our software could help create more devices and more importantly, help create more connected devices. Um, and so we, we made the choice as a company to open source um, the core of the Kenoma.js software so that everybody could benefit from that and build on it, um, not just um, we here at Marvell. The advantages of open source are pretty well understood at this point. Uh, you know, I think the, the openness gives the code a whole lot more stability because more people are looking at it, there's more eyes on it, and, and that's really been well established. But I, I think you know, part of what Marvell has seen is that our customers come to us and they're looking not just to buy a chip, but to, to buy a solution. They're looking at us to provide help with the operating system, potentially to help build the applications, even, even to connect to their cloud services. And so they need a, a whole solution and they need to know that they can build on that solution any way they need to, any time they need to, right? So they want to control their own destiny. We're here to help. But you know, if they decide for whatever reason they need to make some changes, and we're not available that afternoon to do it, they need the flexibility to do it. And open source gives our customers the confidence to do that. Um, so we don't view open source as something where we're putting the code out there and walking away from it. Um, but we're really actively still involving it and s involved with it and supporting our customers who are using it. But our customers and anybody else have the freedom to go ahead and use that code however makes best sense for them when it, whenever they need to. And that gives them the confidence to build on top of it that they need. Sure, you know, we placed a bet on the, the JavaScript programming language. Um, and, and we think really that, that programming languages characterize categories of devices. Um, so it, it's, it's not as trivial a thing as it may seem at first. Um, you know, the, the original Linux, uh, Unix computers were all based on the C programming language. And that permeates so much of what happens in the server space to this day. Um, Android has a character which is tied up in the Java language that they use, just like Apple's products are very tied up in the Objective-C language they use, and you can't separate that. Um, 
Internet of Things products have some unique characteristics. They need to be updated frequently because the services and products that they're connected to are changing all the time. They need to be incredibly stable for a long time, right? They're, they're, you know, a mobile app runs for 20 seconds, maybe an hour, right, typically. An Internet of Things product is on in your home for years, right? And JavaScript has proven itself um, as a dynamic language to be incredibly stable and incredibly easy to update. And so people can move faster and more reliably using that language. So we, we placed a bet there. Now, there are lots of different programmers who are coming into the Internet of Things space. There are the professional embedded programmers who've been doing this stuff for years, mostly in C. Uh, and one of the wonderful things about JavaScript is its syntax looks like the C programming language. There are differences, to be sure, but an embedded programmer can start to read our code and start modifying it in the course of a day. And we've seen this uh, time after time. You also have JavaScript programmers, people who work on the web, who are interested in getting into hardware programming. right? And this gives them a path where they can reuse their language skills while they're acquiring hardware skills. The other thing we've seen is that there's a lot of students and makers and just people who are curious. You know, they, they're the, the same kind of people who um, you know, will rewire their home. They're the people who you know, don't just buy furniture, they make furniture. They're people who want to control their environment and enjoy getting, you know, rolling up their sleeves and getting involved. JavaScript is an incredibly forgiving language. It, it, by its nature, there's a lot of things you can do kind of just quick, quickly and get a result that works. You know, we saw this firsthand at a hackathon we did at MIT this past weekend. Some of the teams had, this was really their first hackathon, and they chose Konoma Create as their hardware to get going. The teams that did that all got over the finish line. At the end of the 18 hours at 1 o'clock in the morning, they had a project to show. There were other teams who chose to use other hardware, and you know, their physical device worked, their case was pretty, but the device itself didn't work at all. And it was just there was too much that they had to learn in the course of that 18-hour period um, to get all the pieces working together. So JavaScript really can appeal to all these different groups, and that's why it's become such a mainstream language. One of the things that we, we designed into Konoma Create was, was the idea that you shouldn't have to learn too many things to get started. That underneath the hood, there's a Linux computer, and you can do anything that you would on any other Linux device. But to get started, you don't even have to acknowledge that there's Linux there. You can actually get started um, just by working with our Kenoma Studio IDE on a Mac, Windows, or Linux computer. Um, and you don't even have to connect any cables. It will, it will literally, over Wi-Fi, talk to Kenoma Create. Um, there's other things that are really nice. So at the Internet of Things hackathon, of course, one of the main things that you want to do is talk to the web or talk to other devices. Um, you know, I watched one team that wasn't using Konoma Create spend you know, two or three hours struggling just to get a web server started so that they could, they could start writing some of that communication. In Konoma Create, there's literally one line. You say application.shared equals true, and now your application is also a web server. Right? And so those kinds of shortcuts make a huge difference to somebody getting started and don't in any way take away the power of the device. You know, we're, not, we're not trying to hide things, but we are trying to give people a, a faster course so that they can kind of learn their way in. They don't have to absorb everything all at once. It's really interesting with, with Konoma Create and in particular the Konoma.js software that runs on it, um, we've built a huge percentage of that software ourselves over the year. 
Um, of course, we're building on some other really great open source components that are out there. But the framework, the APIs that developers are working with are ours. And we, we designed those so that they would be efficient on low-cost hardware, so that they would be accessible to more people. Um, and so you know, you're not just building a web page, or you're not writing for a Node.js kind of server. You're really writing for the runtime of Kenoma.js. Our vision for Kenoma Create is that it's the starting point in people building prototypes for real products. And so once they've done kind of the very initial work with Kenoma Studio and getting something working and maybe done some user tests just to, to see how people react, they're going to want to go deeper, almost always. They're going to want to add some additional functionality, um, adjust the performance. Um, and so the, the uh, open source gives them access to all the building blocks that we have. Um, so that they can go ahead and start playing at that level and really create something that is a tuned professional product. We, um, we started shipping Kenoma Create out into the real world last year. We started to see people doing interesting things. You know, we sponsored a, uh, a hackathon uh, or a student competition by WIST, which is part of the uh, ACM. And um, you know, gamification is a big thing. And, and the theme of that, that uh, event was the home. And somebody took a Kenoma Create and put it into a mop. And they kind of gamified the process of mopping your home, which I, which I thought was great because it's not something you get excited about doing in the first place. Um, it's very cool. We've got some photos of that up on our website, actually. Um, we recently heard from a developer who had been posting on our forum and asking questions. And we, we couldn't quite figure out what he was doing. And it turned out he took his Kenoma Create hang gliding. Um, and you know, we talk about the fact that it has a battery and a case, and that really makes it mobile. Um, and we had imagined people throwing it in their backpack, maybe strapping it, strapping it to their bike, but not flying. Um, and, and so he was using it to you know, measure altitude and his course and things like that as he was going. And, and, and it really worked. And the touch screen, of course, is, is a great feature because when you're, when you're you know, up in the air, literally, um, being able to just interact with that simply and have a visual of uh, what's going on makes a huge difference. And so you know, this is the kind of thing we're seeing where people are, are already taking this in directions we hadn't imagined and really taking advantage of what makes Kenoma Create unique, that touch screen, um, the battery, the case, and of course the JavaScript programming that lets them build things really quickly with the user interface. For, for Marvell, Kenoma Create and Kenoma JS change a little bit how we interact with customers. You know, as, a, as a company, for the last 20 years, we've really interacted with major brands. Right? And we are very good at giving them very strong sales support on site and, and so forth. But that doesn't scale out to the hundreds and thousands of companies that are building interesting Internet of Things products. Kenoma Create's really the first product that we've had as a company here at Marvell where with a credit card you can order it online and have it delivered tomorrow. Right? You don't have to sign an NDA, you don't have to talk to a salesperson and convince them that you're worthy of our attention. It really changes. You can jump in, you can opt in and build something. And that actually helps to establish a lot of credibility when you are ready to go to the next step, right? If you show up on our doorstep and say, I've built this awesome prototype using your technology, and I'm interested in, in how you can help me move it to production, you're instantly credible, because you've, you've made something that, that really works well. So I think that's important. The other side of that is with our traditional corporate customers, Kenoma Create, in fact, turns out to be the fastest way for them to get started. You know, they don't have to download a, a big SDK. They don't have to learn all about all these, these really deep APIs. They can just jump in and start prototyping. And so we, our sales team has started you know, making requests to us. I need a Kenoma Create or two Kenoma Creates to send to this customer because they're interested in prototyping this or interested in prototyping that. And so you know, the ease that we designed in for kind of the maker movement for students 
um, is actually turning out to be helpful in the sales process, even for the professional engineers, because it helps them move faster, it helps them explore more quickly. To get started with Kinoma Create, we've, we've, we've made a lot of different resources available online. Um, in the spirit of open source, we host all of our samples on GitHub, so you can just go there to github.com slash and start exploring. There are, I think, 80 or 90 sample applications there right now that you can download and start playing with, and I, I think that's really the best place to get started. You know, when you're confronted with a blank screen and a blinking cursor, it's a little hard to know what to do. But if you see an application running, you'll always say to yourself, oh, I know how I'd rather have this be, and you can start making adjustments that way. The really amazing thing is that you can get started before you have your Kinoma Create hardware. So you can get our IDE, and there's a simulator built into Kinoma Studio where you can run all of the samples, and it looks like Kinoma Create on the screen. Um, the, the really nice addition that we've made there is we have this thing called hardware pin simulators. And that means that, for example, say you're interested in using Kinoma Create with a temperature sensor. Right? You can actually simulate the temperature sensor. And so we have a simulator on our website where it acts just like the temperature sensor you would get from SparkFun. And so what, what people are able to do is go to SparkFun, order the part, and then that night while it's being shipped, they can sit down and write the app. When it arrives, plug it in, try the app on their hardware, and, and nine times out of ten it actually just works. And so hardware pin simulators are an incredibly powerful tool for building the application and learning about the parts even before you physically have them. And we've built out a library of these, and we expect people will start contributing those in as well on their own. And we've got a, a nice tutorial up that explains how to build that. Interesting thing to try to make a product and to, to have the, the audacity to call it easy. And uh, you know, in some ways, we're humbled by that every day, because when we make something easy for ourselves, we still run into developers in the outside world who say, yeah, that's not, it's not easy for me yet. And so we're constantly revisiting the APIs, revisiting the libraries, revisiting the samples to make them more accessible. Um, so you know, we did that um, with, with a lot of the same team members back at Apple with QuickTime, when our, our goal was to get developers to put video into their applications. It sounds mundane today, um, but in 1991, 92, when we were putting that out there, it was crazy. Um, and one way we got them to do it was, was to make it so easy that they thought they would give it a try. Um, and of course, we can see it's like it's normal today. Uh, and so really, a, a big part of it is, is just the, the character and the, the, the willingness to listen. And you know, so at the, the MIT hackathon that we did this weekend, it was 18 hours. And, and I spent a lot of those hours sitting next to students using our tools and just watching what they tried to do and you know, guiding them along the road and helping them and came back with you know, notes of, OK, we should think about this. We should, we should change that. Um, these are the kinds of things that they struggled with. These are the kinds of things that worked well um, because we should always be improving it. And, and I think that's really consistent with the idea of open source. You know, open source projects that are successful are the ones that are alive, that people are contributing to, that are being changed, that are being responsive to the needs of the people who have adopted it. And so we're, we're going to try very much to live up to that.